This Woman Over 70 podcast is sponsored by Vesta, a woman-owned kitchen and bath design firm in Chicago. Award-winning founder Colette Rodon-Hornoff and her team offer a collaborative and detail-oriented approach that turns your vision into a space you will love. Through design, measurement, and construction, you can count on Vesta to bring your dreams to reality. Visit Vesta online at vestachicago.com or call 773-252-7300. Let Vesta infuse your home with warmth and welcome. Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And we are here today with Diane Gilman, who is the author of a new book, Too Young to be Old, How to Stay Vibrant, Visible, and Forever in Blue Jeans. Diane Gilman started designing clothes as soon as she could hold a crayon. She grew up in Los Angeles, a free spirit of the swinging 60s, embroidering her blue jeans and (laughs) energizing her creative soul by hanging out with the most talented musicians and poets of the time. Gilman's career ignited when she when stars like Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix began wearing her custom jeans. By 1974, her designs were featured in every major department store. And in 1994, she appeared on the Home Shopping Network for the first time. Today, her DG2 line is the top selling fashion brand on the network with 100 million in sales each year. Gilman is known as the Jean Queen because her age-defying designs have inspired women to live forever in blue jeans. And Diane has not been without challenges in her life. Breast cancer was one of them. Her doctor, Dr. Elisa Port, Chief of Breast Surgery and Director of the Dubbin Breast Center at Mount Sinai Health System said, and I quote, Diane's approach to life is to show women how to face life's toughest challenges with honesty, strength, and optimism. Her positive attitude and unfailing belief in her healing were inspiring to me as her doctor and all those around her, end quote. So Diane's book, Too Young to Be Old, How to Stay Vibrant, Visible, and Forever in Blue Jeans, the R.J. Graziano, the jewelry designer, said of her book, Quote, you were born with dazzling talent that you show women of all ages how to live with outstanding success and create trailblazing happiness. So, so Diane Gilman, welcome. It's great. (laughs) Hi. 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 Yes. I'm excited to be here. Happy to have you on Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. And we're excited to have you on the show to share your story. And so... Let's start by helping us understand your views on risk-taking and boldness. And the former CEO of HSN, Mindy Grossman, said of you, risk-taking and boldness are the essence of transformation no matter what age you are. And we believe that your life is a testimony to your boldness and your unwavering belief in your own talent. And so I ask you, were you always like this? No, I, I think that uh, anybody that's in uh, an artistic field, especially if it's commercial, and this was an instantaneous commercial field, you know your sales by the end of 59 minutes. You either failed or you succeeded. 
I wound up having a light bulb moment at 59 years old. And the light bulb moment was, who is that stranger in the mirror with gray <laughs> roots, a spare tire around the middle, out of shape thighs? Come on, leave, leave, bring the other me back. But the other me wasn't coming back. So I created a gene for myself. I had been such a rock and roll girl in the 60s and the 70s into the 80s. I couldn't get into a pair of blue jeans again with a middle-aged body. And that was the light bulb moment of my life. Mm -hmm. And I went to bring it to HSN and uh, nobody took me seriously. And then one day, this blonde showed up in the hallway and my hair is in giant curlers and I'm getting ready to go on air and I don't want to be bothered. And she said, so what do you want to do with your career? I thought, well, that's a big question. And who are you? And she said, Mindy Grossman. And I said, I want to design jeans for older women. Give me a chance. Please just give me one little order. Okay, I got my chance, went on air at 5 a.m. on a freezing cold February morning, and in three minutes sold out of 5,000 jeans. And that is boldness. That put everything on the line for me. And then recently I said, okay, I finished my second book, which I truly love, too old, too young to be old. And I want to devote the rest of my life to making women feel better about themselves, better about aging, having it be more fulfilling, much bigger message. And I am saying goodbye to teleretailing. That is either the boldest thing I've ever done or it is the most insane thing I've ever done or both. But I'm doing it. I'm really energized by it. And I cannot wait to start creating my platform. So why do you love this book so much? This is from the heart because it. I wrote it with a very, very, very best dear friend, Jan Tuckwood. Um, in, on Christmas Eve of 2017, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. That'll take your breath away. And I remember Christmas morning calling Jan and giving her the honest diagnosis and saying, you want to take a trip with me, a trip with me through breast cancer. Maybe we'll see it through a lens that's different from other women. Um, and so there's so much heart in the book and so much honesty in the book. And I think women who read the book, and I hope young women read the book because aging can be so much better if you are prepared. Um, the book is really honest as well. My first book was really written by a ghostwriter, and it was sort of a very arm's length kind of autobiography. Mm -hmm. This, These are real moments. Mm -hmm. They're shared real moments, and they mean a lot to me. I, re I read excerpts from it, and really, you speak with a voice that everyone needs to hear. Thank it's, you. Oh, that's so nice authentic. of you. It is very authentic. And it Thank feels, you. 
It's important. It's an important book that you've written. You talk Thank about you. 25 empowering lessons for your next and best 25 years. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, um, it's it's about not falling into pitfalls that we do with aging. First of all, I would like to say that this is such an ageist society. And if you watch cable TV, if you were a young child watching cable TV, every commercial with a white-haired person in it is about sickness, disease, being powerless, being less than, being sad, being lonely, being in decline, and basically game over. Well, that's, you know, as a kid, you see that, and the first thing you think is, oh, no, I don't want to be old, but we're going to be. Keith Richards, Rolling Stones, gave one of my favorite quotes. He said, you know, life is a funny thing. We don't want to die young, but we don't want to grow old. <laughs> what do you do? Well, my my feeling is you approach age differently. Um, so I approach age as aging less, as in making a super commitment to diet, uh, really like almost a preventative disease diet, diet and exercise. But being ageless is not falling into those pitfalls of always referring to yourself like, oh, I'm too old. Oh, mm -hmm. it's over for me. Oh, if we were talking right before this show about what I call the gray curtain, which is basically you slam into that all the time. You don't get opportunities because. When I dyed my hair uh, red, I was definitely treated differently than it is now, that it's natural. But natural to me was part of making a statement about aging. And I think if there's enough of us out there, we can start to pivot the societal attitude towards aging. Do you know in five years, we are going to be the majority of America? We are a great nation along with China, along with Japan, and on and on. Why are we so silenced? Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is for us as a generation, the love generation that changed everything from music to fashion. It's for us to come out and get active for change again. No question about it. Yes. Diane, you talk about, about I agree totally, at ageist society, yes. Oh. Uh, you talk about aging uh, and about gro growing old. And what are some of the tensions for you between, yes, acknowledging I'm growing older, we all are, uh, but what is this about getting old or acting old? What Say a little more about that. Well, yeah, it, it to me, it it, it is... For instance, when I went through cancer, breast cancer, um, I made a vow to myself that I was not going to be that bitter, upset old woman that was getting chemotherapy, that I was going to come in every day and I recognized the tension 
amongst the nurses. They, they, they're put on so much. I was going to be the patient they couldn't wait to see. <laughs> I was going to take that image of depression and sadness and pivot it around. Mm-hmm. And I truly, I will go into a discussion with somebody and I belong to two very prominent clubs in New York City that are peopled by women my age. And the one thing I always avoid is if you've had a disease or if you've had a bad physical experience you're going through why talk about it you're already living it like (laughs) let it go talk about nice things good things happy things i think it it's it's all about um uh defying what we see as you know how we're portrayed and i also even on cable tv they'll also say Oh, so this this grandma of 70 years old, not everybody is a grandma, okay? Not everybody wants to be portrayed that way. I'd still like to be seen as vital, uh, contributing, contemporary, um, someone you want to spend time with and share ideas with. So I kind of, take everything that is a cliche about old age Mm -hmm. and make sure I completely avoid it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one who would like to wear jeans forever and do that. I live in jeans. And that's why I invented my jean for sure. That's why I want to go back to this for just a moment and and ask you so what's different about your jeans tell me tell me why i should buy your jeans okay so long story short um i was about 58 years old i was a widow uh in my distress and loneliness um i ballooned up to 200 pounds it was not good and i couldn't wear anything i wanted to wear anymore and i had always been a cool chick. I was always a cool girl, the rock and roll girl. So now I'm so humiliated. I have to wear big baggy clothing and try and hide everything. But who are you fooling? So I went on a quest and it took almost a year. So it took from 58 to 59 years old. I went to every category killer denim store in New York, or if I was traveling, I would go. So, you know, the Gap, Old Navy, Macy's, you name it. I never found one jean that fit. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm from the biggest generation on earth. I can't be the only woman whose body changed in middle age. And so I went out and bought three or four yards of stretch denim. I had my sewers take all my measurements. I made my own jean. It was my jean. I wasn't even at that point, it wasn't quite a light bulb moment yet. But here's the great thing. So I was living on Fifth Avenue and 32nd Street to walk to work to every day. And I'm walking down 34th Street in New York City. And there's two young guys, Con Ed guys with helmets on, and they're in this 
hole, right? And I walked past first day I've worn the jeans. First day I probably had worn jeans in five, six, seven years. And the guy said, hey, babe, you got it going. And I thought, oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) I mean, something like that for a woman near 60. That could keep you going for six months or a year. So I thought, well, if it made me feel that good and it reconnected me to my youth, but in an appropriate way. And it made me feel more like a whole woman again. Wouldn't it do that for millions of women? And the answer was yes. And that is how I created my light bulb moment, DG2 Gene. It was done through personal need for myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was amazing. DG2. What, what did DG2. Oh, because um, I introduced washable silk to America in the early uh, 90s, and it was always a Diane Gilman collection. So I brought that on television, and then when they gave me a chance, like the understudy gets to be the star one night and it sticks, um, we had to come up with the label really quickly, and someone said, oh, just use your initials and to, like, yeah, it's a little secondary line, which, of course, <laughs> when it got mammoth and took over uh, everything. But that's how it all happened. Just circumstance. Just one moment. W- and, you know, I shopped this idea around to so many business partners, all men, all in their 50s all overweight with a beer belly. And I'll never forget the classic remark, which was, who wants to see fat old chicks in a pair of tight jeans? And I thought, I do. (laughs) I want to. And so um, that, you know, that was just, that was an incredible bit of ageism. And and the anti-ageism was to be able to invent something in the fashion industry and really move the needle at the age of 60 when the majority, I would say 99% of my design contemporaries, except like Carl Lagerfeld, um, had all quit or moved away from the industry or given up. I mean, to be suddenly so relevant and so in the moment and uh, with something that was really exclusively to us, it was pretty great. Are you going to come up with other lines then beyond jeans? I'm not going to, what I, what I want to do honestly is I would love to create a platform on social media and I am the ultimate consumer along with being the ultimate designer. And I want to be living with um, appliances and ideas and recipes and that are all advantageous to us as aging Mm -hmm. women and men. And so that is really my goal to become more of um, a curator entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but to do it again with that idea that we've got a niche and we are not maximizing it. 
-hmm. We are the largest generation on earth. Mm -hmm. Come on. And we are so silent. So, you know, uh, and also it is probably in total rebellion towards what I see. And that ages me, the fact that I still have cable TV. But um, I don't take one drug. If I have an issue like high cholesterol, I will almost make a game out of it and come up with new recipes that are anti-cholesterol. And I want to lead a healthful life. And so I make it interesting. I don't make it like, oh, I have to eat vegetables. I make it like, oh, I'm going to make the most fantastic vegetable recipes ever. So <laughs> it's just my nature. but. It's fun. So your your next book is going to be a curation of all of these things, recipes, yes, all, all kinds of. I I am not only the queen of jeans; I am the queen of the five minute meal. Oh, I okay. oh yes oh yes because I know us girls and we don't want to spend. Many of you have raised children. You've spent many hours a day between work and a kitchen. And now you don't want to be making things that take three, four hours. So um, I'm putting together favorite recipes that take five minutes or under. <laughs> and actually, it's pretty, delicious. it's pretty delicious food, too. Did you send me the draft so. right away, please? <laughs> <laughs> I will. And, you know, my my uh, GP knows knows me so well that when she told me and I've been very naughty and eating things like bacon and she said, your cholesterol is terrible. She never even offered me a drug. She knew I wouldn't take it. Mm -hmm. I I'm almost in with China, which is it. You know, China acknowledges it's a it's a graying nation. And they are actually putting out condition-specific foods like meals that fight arthritis, meals, obviously, that fight heart disease. I, I got to tell you, I'm really in on that. Mm -hmm. And you feel better about yourself. And I think the one thing that we feel as we grow older is we may feel just through some health issues that you sort of lose control of you but when you start to cook for you and it's specific and then you go back and you see those numbers that no you're not getting rewarded for a high cholesterol number you need to get it lowered and that happens you you feel more powerful and good about yourself again yeah you're right about that when you take control of yourself yep. you feel better about yourself yeah makes a big difference Totally. Yeah. So what else, what else do you want to say about your life and what you're up to and, and uh, how you're thinking about this for the next uh, 25, 30 years? Well, number one, I, I would like to say that I think there is a long full life ahead of me. Should I choose that? Everybody, you know, why does everybody want to run your life? After a certain age, it's like they think you can't think anymore. And so they say, well, you know, now's a good time to just kind of lay back and relax. No, 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 no. These uh -huh. are the precious years. 
these are the years when we're not dumb and young and perfect. <laughs> and we know that life is not infinite. And to me, these years are so beautiful. And I recognize the miracle of nature. I recognize the profundity of friendship. And I want to make a difference. And I want to make the way I made millions of women happy with my DG2 genes. I want to show them the way to a better life past the age of 60, 70. And you can have it. You know, honestly, clinically, your 70s are your happiest decade. That's been, Mm yeah. Yeah. That's been proven. And and if you live to 75, you've got a pretty clear shot to live to 100. But if you're going to live to 100, there's a lot of hard work ahead, a lot of commitment. And you've got to fill up that time with things that really stimulate you and, and that you love doing. You know, I loved designing and still love it so much that there was just, I would have done it for free. And believe me, there were years when I did, but (laughs) you couldn't drag me away from it. And I think that from a very young age, because I was born in 1945 and my mother was 45, it was very unusual. Um, I saw how hard aging could be on a woman. She had to get, uh, a complete hysterectomy, almost died from childbirth. So she was thrown into menopause in the cruelest way. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a little girl just thinking, I don't like this. Mm -mm. I don't want to do that. And so I think as a little girl watching my mother suffer and go through mood changes and, um, I thought to myself, I'm not going to do it this way. And the only way not to do it this way is to admit to yourself that you want to get old Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to get preventative about it as soon as you can. That's why I honestly say the book is not just for us girls, although it's got a, a lot of good tips. It's also for younger women, because if you don't start now, there are going to be some rocky patches in old age, right? Mm-hmm. But protect mm-hmm. your health and 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 protect your attitude too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it is not you know Millicent Fenwick, the first female congresswoman. I always loved her quote. They asked her something about how did you get to be a congresswoman at this at this point in your life, and she said, "I just have one word for you, gentlemen: aging." female aging is not for sissies and yeah 100% true um love your life embrace your life be in the moment yes you can have a favorite decade one of mine was the 70s but live in the now appreciate the now and um it doesn't matter how big or how small something you may love. You may be the best person in your town for baking chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) It's a talent. Maybe you bake them. Maybe you take them to a children's hospital and hand them out and it makes the kids day. But 
don't downplay yourself. And I would say that one thing to me that's really important is so many of us get angry at ourselves for aging. It's like I drop things more often, you know, stuff like that. And it's, ugh. But the real truth is, if you love yourself, everybody around you will love you and support you. And I, I think that's the very best advice I can give. That's terrific. Perfect. It's beautiful. Thank well, you. Thanks so much for being with us, Diane. Oh, this was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you guys for inviting me. Okay. Take good care. All right. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye. 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 <laughs>